Genesis chapter 2. Let's do a couple of scriptures. Um, verse 7. Then the Lord formed a man from the dust of the ground and breathed into his nostrils the breath of life, and he became a living being. There's all kinds of challenges right away when you get into Genesis because then it says God made a man or the man, ha-adam, ha-adam, right? The human. One, two, three, the human. I know it bums you out because you thought Adam Malik had a cool haircut and he was a very specific guy on such and such, you know, Euphrates Boulevard. But if you actually read it, which most of us would struggle to do because we didn't grow up with Hebrew, it, you don't, they don't know when to translate it Adam or when they don't know when to translate it the man. Why? Because it's the same thing. What does Adam mean? The human. Adam, human. Ha is almost always in there. The human. And so when you read it in Genesis, it always says the human. But when they translate it Adam, they take the the out. Why? Because it doesn't fit their agenda. May I say we don't call me the Chris. Just Chris. Just take the the out. But what was the story about? This is very important. Because if this is a historical story about two people, that's very important that you stick to that. But if it's a bigger story, a bigger story about maybe the nation of Israel, or a bigger story, if, I don't know, about humanity, you would have names like or titles like the human. By the way, guess what Eve means? It's not short for Ivanka or Evening or Evelyn. It means life, breath. So you have in the story the human and life. Just saying something to, th- something to think about. Maybe the story is bigger than we first thought. We start there. Maybe the story is bigger than we first thought it was. Um, I ended last week telling you that most of us grew up, one of the SpaghettiO diets that we grew up on was the thing called original sin, right? That, and, and, the, and the real kicker, the bummer, is that if you have one of these, I don't know if you have one, but if you do, they, they put labels in here now, which is just terrible, because then they tell you what this chapter is about. It says, the fall of man. And everybody's like, yeah, the fall. I know that story. But that's not the Bible. That's some guy, gal, in Grand Rapids, in a computer that says, that's what this is about. That's not necessarily what it's about. That's just what they want you to think it's about. Humbly, I offer this suggestion to you. All right? This is, not, this is a title that somebody put in there. So what is this about? What is Genesis 2 and 3, the story of Adam and Eve and the tree? We're going to get to the tree today. How many are stoked? We're going to talk about the tree. All right. Um, you've heard of this tree, these trees. Um, the, the ancient stories, one of the things that we're learning in the series is that we, we now really can conceive that much of the reason that we actually have the, the scriptures, the, what we call the Old Testament in the first place, is it was a reaction to, you know, what had happened to Israel in their history. In Israel's history, they went into captivity, and when you go into captivity, you start to lose your identity. You start to lose your identity, right? So it would be like if you had to move 
to Toronto for business, right? And you are a diehard USA, go USA, win the gold, win the gold. And all of a sudden, your kid came home with a big leaf on their jacket. And the Olympics came on, and they started singing O Canada, right? And you said, no, son, no, dog. I have to re-educate you. This is not, this is not our team. Our team is this, and our story is this. So if we do the seminar, I'll take you into Babylon, and I'll tell you what Babylonian TV was like. Because they grew up watching the shows with their, you know, do, you, do your kids do this with other kids? They come over and they watch Netflix together? Okay, so what was on Netflix in Babylon? Very important. Whatever was on Netflix in Babylon is massively important because then when your kids went to the other kids' house to spend the night, they watched Netflix. What was the story in Babylon? The story, it affects this story. So what Israel did, they came home and they said, no, 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 that's not the story, this story. But let me just, I'll give you one little teaser. Almost all the stories, all the Netflix channels in Babylon had a tree of life in them. Did you know that? Why? Well, that, that's been around forever. It was the fountain of youth. How do you stay young, right? What this story has that their story didn't have is a second tree. Does anybody know what this tree is? The tree of the what? Oh, my goodness. None of you went to church at all? Like You're like most of you. Of knowledge of good and evil. Here, Genesis 2, verse 9. Next verse says this. The Lord made all kinds of trees grow out of the ground. Trees that were pleasing to the eye and good for food. In the middle of the garden were the, what? Tree of life. That was like, yep, my kids saw that at the neighbor's house in Netflix, right? And, and, and everybody went, what? The tree of the, ready? Knowledge of good and evil. And if you're like me, I've heard this story like growing up and, and maybe not growing up, but then later in, in my young adult life after I started going to church. And I just kind of thought like, you know, well, there was the tree of life and then there was, you know, and we always were taught this was like some kind of an apple, right? Like a poisonous apple that you shouldn't take from. And, and of course, if you tell someone not to take something, what are they going to do? They're going to take it. But anyway, uh, what's the tree called? The tree of the... It's a weird name when you think about it. Knowledge of good and evil. Now, how many of you think one of your primary jobs as a parent is to teach your kids the difference between right and wrong? So it kind of like, it kind of goes against what we think because what we think is you probably want to have a little of that fruit. Huh? I know it's a little, I'm setting you up here, but right? It's like... What's wrong with knowing the difference between right and wrong? What's wrong with knowing the difference between good and evil? And I don't understand this story. This story doesn't make any sense to me. Hang in there. Knowing the difference between good and evil. Let's start with the word knowing, knowledge. Knowing. What do you know? Oh, I'm so glad you asked. Do you have a few days? <laughs> All right. I would so love to bless you with my knowledge, right? I would, don't, aren't we proud of our knowledge? Really, aren't we? Like, we want to let people know what we know. We know the stuff, right? We know politics. We know who's right. We know who's wrong. Is it true? Like, don't you know who the good guys are and the bad guys? Don't you tell your friends about it at the coffee shop? Huh? 
These are the, these are the good people. These are the bad people. Don't you? Huh? We should, one day we should just have everybody wear red or blue shirts one Sunday morning and just find out. Shouldn't we? Shouldn't we have red or blue Sunday? Wouldn't it just be chaos? Wouldn't it be mayhem? Some of you are like, well, that's unthinkable. We're all red. No. We're all blue. I mean, anybody that really loves Jesus has a brain is blue. No. Stay out of this one. All right, Chris, keep going. All right, so look. We think... So, what is this all about? You know, I've heard and read so many different things. What is this tree? What is this tree of the knowledge of good and evil? So we'll start with knowledge. Knowing. We love when we learn something new. We know something new. Your kids love it when they know something new and they're so proud of it. But what do we know, know for sure? Let me ask a different question. Why is it that we need to know? And what does knowledge do? Later on, we'll read from the Apostle Paul something like this. Knowledge puffs up. Knowledge puffs up. What is he saying? Knowledge gives you a big head. Knowledge makes you think you know more than you do. Knowledge puffs up, he says, but love builds up. He contrasts knowing with love. Is the Bible against knowing? Is God against knowing? I don't think so. It's the knowledge of good and evil. It's, I can tell you who's right and who's wrong. I can tell you who the good people are and the bad people are. I'm the one that decides and knows who's in and who's out. Um, like psychologists call it binary thinking, binary and this is not my forte, so I know someone's going to correct me afterwards. You can if you want to, but I'm telling you I don't know exactly. So anyway, computer code is kind of written like this, right? It's like a one or a zero, a one or a zero. I mean, I don't know anything because when I was doing computers, it was a Commodore 64. Right? I, I think they named it after Lionel Richie, right? I mean, I, I don't know anything about computer code, but I think how it works is it's like a, a one or a zero. That's all it is. It's all this or that. It's, so it's, and, and the way that our brains work, they work in binary ways. So when you're, when you're raising your child, it, you, you do this. It's, it's, this is good and this is bad. Crossing that street is bad. Mom is good. Strangers are bad. Dad is good. You, you can't, and it doesn't, there's not time, and the way that the, the young brain develops, you can't give all the nuances in between. It's very, this is this or this. Is this or this. And a lot of us grew up this way. Binary. Heaven or hell. That's it. That's it. Well, what's the difference between eternal bliss and like streets of gold and Pop-Tarts or fire and damnation and devils and demons? What's the difference? Well, if you went to confession, 
That's... Well, if you said the sinner's prayer, well, if you... Right? And every church has their own... But it's, there is, it's way over here or way over there. And, there. and it's wild over here and wild over there. But we talked about this, like, heaven, really? That heaven? I mean, what are you going to do? We talked about this. What, what are you going to do in, in perfection? Like, did you see Tim Diaz playing the guitar up here? I mean, he just, he just smokes that guitar. Just, he just, I mean, he just looks like he's, he's just in pain playing it. It just oozes out of his... That's how I want to play the guitar. Anybody with me? Right? But in heaven, I already know. It'll be boring. I already know. I have nothing to do in heaven. I can't learn to play it because I'll already know. Think about it. And then that's it. It's completely this way or completely that way. Well, what if there's more? So they call, it, they call it binary. It's way over here or it's way over there. Let me show you how this goes all the way in to the New Testament. In, in John's Gospel, in the ninth chapter, this really interesting thing happens where there's this guy who's born blind. Remember this story? And he said, he sees, Jesus sees a man who was blind from birth. When he came into this world as a baby, he could not see. His disciples came to him and said, this is so important. Rabbi, who sinned? So first of all, they equated, they equated sickness with sin. If something, if you're sick, it's because you sinned. If you're blind, you must have really sinned. This is how they saw the world. Sadly, sadly, it's like been 2,000 years, and we've made about this much progress in that area. Why? Because people come to me all the time. Oh, I didn't get this job. Is God mad at me? Oh, my daughter's sick. Is God mad at me? No. <laughs> Ready? No. <laughs> no. But it just didn't work out. Is God? No. No. I know, I know you want to believe that you, because you're a, you're, you're a trillionaire, it's because you're such a good Christian. No. You're probably just greedy and ruthless. <laughs> and maybe nice, too. So a little bit. It's, it, I'm sorry. I, I mean, it's okay. I'm just saying, to equate it all with God... Their assumption right away, their thinking was, if, you, if, you're, if you're blind, you did something wrong. And you just extrapolate it into, well, if I didn't get the job, or if this is... Then it has something to do with my performance before God, and then he puts me on an... That's just not true. You know it in your own life, because you know the whole year of your life you screwed up, and things worked out Okay. And you also know that you were here on your knees and you were crying and begging and then nothing happened. Yes, you do. Oh, I know there's other stories too. Those are the ones that get on TV. And that is, I said this prayer and bam, there's a million dollars in the trunk of my car. All right? They get on TV, right? Everyone else does not. I'm just saying, they don't get on TV. And it, no, and because then it leaves people with these questions like this one. Well, what's going on here, Jesus? This guy is born blind who sinned. And then you ready for the... 
Ready for the options they give Jesus? Who sinned? This man? Or what? His parents. Because he was born blind. Right? Here's their assumption. It's connected to what you do. God blesses you when you're good and he takes away when you're bad. And, you know, and, and, and he makes you blind if you do bad things and you can have Superman vision if you do good things, evidently. So it's got to be him or was it his parents because he was born that way? This is the result of, ready? Binary thinking. It's this or it is what? This. You are Republican or you are Democrat. That's it. There are no Republicrats. They don't exist. You can't have a middle position. You can't. Now, what did Jesus say? Use your options. This or this. By the way, don't you see this always in talk shows? and Don't you see this on television all the time? Now, I want you to tell me this or this. Who says I got to take your choice? Who says I need to believe this extreme or that? Why can't I just say neither? What does Jesus answer? First word, neither. I'll take neither, please. I'll take neither, Alex, for... 200. Neither. neither. We have been, listen, we grew up this way. It's how we survive. Um, Let me give you an example. When I grew up, whatever my brother picked, I picked the opposite. Right? So I have, I actually have documented evidence that I'm a Spartan fan. I just got to tell you that I've doc- I have, I have, I, there is evidence. I grew up in, and I got the Spartan green on, right? You can see it in the family pictures, all right? Until I came to my senses and converted, right? But I know, I, I, just relax, all right? I was just trying to get you back in the sermon because you were falling asleep. My brother would pick a team, and what I would do is I would pick the, what? Opposite team. I picked the rival. My brother picked the Denver Broncos. I immediately went out and got a Dallas Cowboys shirt. Immediately. You want Broncos? I want Cowboys. I want, not just another team. I want the opposite, the warring team against him. My brother picks Michigan. He has his little Michigan hat, little beanie on it all the time. Forget you, Spartan. Give me green. Right? Now, why? This is so important. Listen. The need to be against... It helps a young person establish themselves. They, they become somebody. He's that. I'm this. I need to distinguish myself. Growing up is about distinguishing yourself. This is so important. It's what we do as we grow up. He's that. I'm this. I'm somebody important. You're trying to develop your sense of identity. This is who I am. And so we develop this either or. Most of us grew up with this. And this helped us in our growing up. But after a while, it's time 
to let go of some of these older ideas. That not all of these people are bad. This thinking led us to what? Racism. It led us to racism. Now watch this amazing story about a Korean diver for the United States of America. I don't know if you saw this. It was an unbelievable story. Sadly, I don't know the de- remember the name, the details, and I, that's unfortunate. I should do better, but I'm just recalling it. He's Korean, and he's he's a he's an unbelievable diver. His dad tells him to get into medicine, but he he did pursue medicine, but he also wanted to be a an Olympian, an Olympic athlete. So he went to the community pool, and he was allowed he was allowed to dive on International Day because we can't have those kind in the same pool water with our kids. Yay, America. We, you can come on International Day. So all the kids that want to dive in the local community pool, they get to dive anytime they want, any day of the week. Of course, they probably didn't show up on International Day. That means other day, those people day, those out there day. And he comes and he perfects his craft and he becomes an Olympic gold medalist. He's an Olympic, listen, he's an Olympic gold medalist, a medical doctor, and he goes to buy a house. And the realtor says to him, I'm sorry, I can't sell you a house in that neighborhood. No one would ever talk to me again. It would ruin my business. Olympic gold medalist. No Japs here, it says. Turns out he's Korean, but ignorance is bliss. It's a binary thinking does. That's what all of those people are. That's what all of that nation is. That's what this nation is. That's what these types of people, that's what these are. And it completely separates and it, comp- and it leads to racism and then it leads to violence and then it leads to anger and then it deteriorates a complete society. Why does it say the tree of knowledge of good and evil? The next thing is it's about certainty. I know I know. You should see the signs they showed in this clip. It said, white people only in this neighborhood. Huge signs you would hold up. It says, Japs keep driving. Did I mention he was Korean? He was a gold medalist and a medical doctor. I don't have time to think about the nuances. I just know my team's right and your team's wrong. We're in and you're out. Do you know how the story unfolds in Genesis? It's chaos and carnage. Cain and Abel, remember that? Cain and Abel, jealousy and rivalry. There's death and destruction. It all just starts coming unraveled. But what is the seed? It's, first of all, certainty. The knowledge. 
There's a, there's a great book called uh, The Sin of Certainty. The, uh, a guy that we actually had a privilege of having lunch with named Pete Enns wrote a book called The Sin of Certainty. And what did most of us grow up with? Certainty, right, is a virtue. And my pastor, what he does is he reinforces the same thing. There, there are no questions, right? There are no questions. I know, and you just take what I know. And maybe knowing has hurt us. I know for sure. Those people are bad. I know for sure what's good and bad. There's certainty, and then there's division. Division is labeling. This is good, and this is bad. These people are right, and these people are wrong. It's amazing we can't see it in our politics. It's amazing. I'm flabbergasted. It's amazing. It is stunning to me that people think that because whoever you, whatever, whatever you vote, but to think that all the other people are absolute idiots and complete morons. Are you kidding me? But people look at you with a straight face. Yep. This president is a complete genius. That one was a complete idiot. What? All over having like we're calling it, we'll call it uncomfortable Sunday at Orchard Grove. <laughs> what? And it's been two thousand years since Jesus. Why can't we say? I, I think I understand where he's coming from in that position. I would see. I would probably handle that. I, I don't like the way he's thinking of that. I might take a different angle here. I, I disagree. I think this might produce this result. God forbid you say something nice about anybody. It's on the other team. Having, can I say this nicely? Maybe the knowledge of the good, uh, the, the tree of the knowledge of good and evil is about having teams in the first place. Oh, we've got to have teams, Chris. We've got to have teams. Knowing and then dividing. I've got to divide. I've got to divide. You remember Cain killing Abel? We're going to get to that. You remember that? You say, well, yeah, because, uh, because, you know, God looked on one person's sacrifice as better than the other, and therefore, so you know what this does? Right away it gets into God likes this person better than what? That person. And as soon as you start to think that God likes these people more than he likes these people, then you have violence, and then you have death, and then you have chaos, and everything else. As soon as you buy into that story, God likes this sacrifice more than that. Come on. Quick survey. Who's doing the best job at church today? <laughs> Was it the guy that gave the most in the offering? Should we count? Should we put it up there? Is it the person that prayed the most sincere? Is it the person that was here early and on time? What? I don't compare. It doesn't make any sense. I mean, clearly, right? Clearly, you guys are better than the 1115 service. I mean, that's a given, right? I mean, but besides that, there's no need. There, there, there's no need to... Comp- but what do they right away... This is what this does. This kind of thinking right away in the biblical story, it compares Cain's sacrifice with Abel's. Well, what, where does God like more? People have been doing this for so long. God likes our team. He doesn't like that team. Right? 
Well, God likes Catholics. No, God likes Protestants. Well, not just Protestants, like Baptist Protestants. Well, no, he likes Episcopals. And what does it do? It leads to competing, leads to killing, it leads to destruction. I know this isn't the model that a lot of us grew up with, but maybe we have to reimagine what was really going on in this story. And perhaps this starts to make sense. Like, if, if we think we know everything, and we know who's good and who's bad, and it's our decision, and it's always our turn to decide, oh man, I didn't even get to the message. That was... All right, look. Listen. I'm just going to throw this in there. Look. What's this about? Right along with certainty comes control and comes being right. We're like addicted to being right. Have to be right. Even a good therapist will tell you this. Do you want to be married or be right? I mean, it's just an easy choice. Like what? Some of you are like, well, I'm right, darn it. And it's funny, but it's not funny for some of you. No, I mean, some of you, it's not funny because it's, you're alone because you're always right. Proud of it, though. Now think. The other thing that, that specialists will tell you is that all the addictions that we struggle with are connected to this. The need to control. i got to control this. I know for sure who's in and who's out. I know who's going to heaven and who's going to hell. I know this. This is what I know. All right, I'm done. But let me scoot to the last verse in this chapter. We could do this chapter for so long. Verse 25, the man and his wife were both, what? Naked, and they felt no, what do they feel? No. Shame. It's, you, you get the idea, they, they haven't eaten it yet, they've just been told about it, right? Are, are you with me where we're at in the story? They haven't eaten it, they've just been told about it. So it's, the setup is this, they're naked, and they don't care. Now, I'm not, I'm not advocating we change the clothing policy next Sunday morning. What I'm, what I'm trying to say is more on an emotional level, all right? Are you with me? What, do most, what, does, what, what starts to happen when you take the fruit, when you know? When now when you know, when you're right, you have the first thing you do is cover up and defend. I've got to defend my position. I've got to defend. I've got to defend. I've got to cover and defend. Has anybody ever been in a meeting like that, a business meeting like this? Is this brutal or what? This goes nowhere. If it was a business meeting or a family meeting or us getting somewhere in world politics, cover and defend, this doesn't work. This is before they take, take that. They're open and free. They're, they're naked and not ashamed. How many, truth be told, you love it when you're around people that you're close to because you just don't care? It's just pajamas and popcorn. You're not judging. You don't need to put anything on. And, anybody? It's pajamas and popcorn. 
It's the certainty, it's the knowing, it's the labeling, it's the dividing of humanity. And to, these people are right and these people are wrong and our team's going to... And everything else that comes with that are these unbelievable urges to control everything else around you. Churches today are loaded with non-naked Christians so covered up, so defensive, so right, so going to let everybody know what they know. Like, Chris, you're losing me a little bit because I'm all about good and evil. I'm all about... I'm not saying you, you don't use this as a device to get through certain parts of life. But the deeper teaching that Christ taught us was don't judge. the deeper thing that Christ taught. Christ carried us to a new stratosphere. We just, some of us just didn't actually follow him. We just stopped by getting a fish on our car, and that's it. We didn't even read what he said. Don't judge. I was going to say something. I'm not. I'm done. All right, let's stand together. Let's stand. All right, hang in there. Hang in there. I didn't do a good job. I didn't explain it all the right. But listen, hang in there. Just let it, listen to me. Just let it sit for a minute. Let it marinate. And, and don't go running for the SpaghettiOs right away. If you want them, I'll get you some. But don't go running. Just listen. What if, what if there's a lot more going on here than someone else first told us? That's all. And what if I didn't, wasn't born into sin? The other thing that Jesus did with this comment from these guys is he did away with the idea of original sin. He did, no. This kid's born free. And this tragedy happened to him. But God makes good out of tragedy. We'll, we'll, we'll get into that.